Until next time, my name is T. Christie. Eddie Dirty. Jay Stokes. And this has been The Intermission. Thank you for listening. Good night. Good night. See, right now, we're not going to stop talking, so you have to wait a week to hear the rest of this. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> <It's gonna> go <laughs> Except for the live people and the people in the video. It's going to be a week, of, a, week of, a week of silence, yeah. and then we'll... And then we'll just do, I'm just going to bring it back. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to the intermission. We are still talking. It's like the end of Back to the Future one, where it's like, I'm back from the future. Anyway, so meanwhile, we just, Meanwhile, I've grown hair in places I didn't have before. Would audition Who's you, the president now? Would audition let you do that to in, uh, insert one week of silence? <laughs> <laughs> How many hours would that be? Let's see. You know, in Avid, when I'm creating uh, lo- uh, load filler, it gives me one second, five second. It oddly does not go up to a week. That's weird. <laughs> oddly enough. I went, when I was doing the Malariathon prep, I found out that you can make a, a After Effects project no longer than four hours long and a premiere project no longer than 23 hours and 50 minutes. Or at least that was the case hmm. in my case. Yeah. yeah. And then I had to figure out how to encode that motherfucker, which you're welcome. Anyway, so we just talked about Big Hero 6. That was Eddie. So we're just going to continue right along, just l- listing off stuff that we saw this year that's that actually, totally worth seeing. Stuff I you might have missed. Want to pose a, yeah, pose a question, a thing. I didn't see it. Did anyone see uh, Train Your Dragon 2? Yes. I did. I did. Okay. I liked it a lot. I, I, I like I liked Train Your Dragon quite a bit. I oh, no. Train Your Dragon 2 it does a wonderful thing. I, I recall being very impressed with how they decided to make it a sequel. They, mm. they did the thing you talk about where it's like, just build it up like what 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 is the stakes how is that part of something that's going to become bigger don't just do it over like from there what happens next now that you've done that last movie and it sort of spreads out in that way and it sort of builds itself into a cool like world buildy oh you're doing one of these you're doing a saga trilogy sort of thing now great my my big takeaway from that movie is someone very high up in dreamworks animation is adopted (laughs) because between that and kung fu panda and every other animated film they've done man is there an adoption theme like there's disney disney is kill your parents sony is sony i don't know them i don't know sony is i'm gonna meet my birth parents one day and it's gonna be awkward and weird but it's gonna be for the better uh but yeah (laughs) someone's gotta be well maybe in those documents that they've leaked maybe we'll find that uh, (laughs) why are we always doing these movies about adoption um i write off my therapy by making movies so, so another, uh, uh, go ahead. Actually, I'm just looking at the list. Weirdly enough, right next on the money made for the year, because uh, How to Train Your Dragon, 176 million, um, right above Big Big Hero Six. Um, bracketing that um, are two movies that are sort of a bit of a, sp- a spread. Um, I, I hear Gone Girl was a thing. Oh yeah, uh, I yep. I didn't get to see it yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing Gone Girl. Um, and the other side, hey, this is a movie that happened, y'all. Remember this one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Apparently, yeah. oh yeah, that was the thing. Apparently, that sort was, of thing. Like in LA, you see billboards for movies. I don't think you really see as many of them elsewhere in the country. But in LA, the it's basically just wallpaper to the world with those. So I only know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from having driven past the billboards for like it seemed like a month there six or eight months ago, and then also the internet was pissed about that one. Like that's one of the ones that I remember from the internet because people kept drawing new noses on them. <laughs> like okay. this is how to make a better turtle. Turtle, you guys are this worst movie ever. And then I don't recall like even hearing how the movie was. I don't recall it coming into theaters or leaving. Yeah. It's just a big question it's, mark. It's funny that the and and again it might have been William Goldman or if it wasn't it was somebody somebody else was writing about that there are movies that some movies are just like the machine spits them out and the marketing machine grinds up and goes, "You will see this movie this weekend," <laughs> and you do, and then you completely—it just leaves your life entirely after that. It's just yeah. like it's like literally like you know, you remember that one Big Mac you had at McDonald's that one time? Um, yeah, exactly. Not, I don't remember that one. No, you know, you might remember the one that had a tooth in it or something like that. <laughs> but if it was a normal Big Mac, it's like you don't remember it specifically. And some movies are just so formulaic and bland that they're that way. Yeah, um, and. Actually, since the first one, 
every single Spider-Man movie they've made has been that. Yeah. Every single Spider-Man movie is like, oh, that's right. Last week I saw a Spider-Man movie. I kind of remember having done that. Right. Um, if, if The other way of looking at this is imagine how psychotic you'd have to be to get excited for an upcoming Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And, and It'll I, come out. You'll watch it. And you'll I go actually, on living. Yeah. I actually saw the Spider-Man movie that came out this year, Spider-Man 2, in this new rotation that they're doing. I didn't. I forgot there was a Spider-Man movie this year. Exactly. And it, and it made its money because the marketing machine said, go this weekend. And everyone, okay. And then, you know, now we don't even remember that that movie existed. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, yeah, stuff happened in it, and 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 I, the girl fell down a hole, I think, and you know, whatever. And it was a thing. Um, Spider Man Two is in that is in that zone, and and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is kind of like, yes, I must, on some Pavlovian level, I must go see the Ninja Turtles movie, and you know, and and boy, there was a whole lot of talk about beforehand with uh, you know, because that the girl played April O'Neil, and where there was a lot of faux outrage about that, and. And and in the end, no one gave a shit about the Teenage Mutant Ninja right. Turtles, uh, and it's a shame. It's a. It's, Did you see it? I why <laughs> why on earth would I see it? Just curious. No reason in hell I would ever see it. Uh, this is a, a certainly a, a right at this moment. I miss uh, the presence of Michael uh, with us more because obviously he would probably have a lot to say about oh, it. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, it's yeah, it's it's one of those movies that made 176 million dollars. And who the fuck cares? You know, no one's ever going to think about that movie again. You mentioned Gone Girl. I liked Gone Girl an awful lot. And it was um, it's one of those movies where Fincher's becoming very good at making you feel bad. Uh, but it's also, I think I recall mentioning this, maybe it was on Uncomposed, but talking about how the sort of concept of using Trent and Atticus to do his scores has always been kind of an interesting, like, oh, it gives your movies sort of an odd sound sort of vibe. And it wasn't until Gone Girl that I feel like they really, really hit it. And it's just like, that score is perfect for this movie. It's just the most like delightfully dreadful thing. <laughs> um, it's the it was the feel bad movie of this year, and uh, <laughs> thank you, Fincher, for that. And uh, never change, man. Never change. Never change, buddy. <laughs> Edouard, do you have any more? Yeah, I got plenty more. Uh, so I got some uh, I got some docs for y'all. Oh, um, let's shit. Let's do docs. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do docs that are available on Netflix now that you can watch. I'm a I never thought it would be, but I'm a huge fan of ESPN's 30 for 30 series. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, ESPN for its 30th anniversary decided, hey, let's take 30 films uh, and get 30 kind of high profile documentary directors and, and sometimes not documentary directors, just high profile people and let them direct documentaries about what the fuck ever they want. And it's provided a mixed bag of results. Some of them are really, really good. Uh, full disclosure, my buddy Royce Tony directed the Run Ricky Run one, which was one of the first ones. Uh, but... It also um, and so and some other bad ones. I mean, uh, what was it? Who John Singleton directed one about Marion Jones that was kind of bad. I I was I was really shocked with like how not competent that film was. But one of the highlights for me this year, uh, and you don't have to be into sports at all to be into these films because they they don't feel like sports movies. They just feel like really good films. Uh, Hillsborough. Um, if you are at all familiar, if you're from, from our friends across the pond, you may be familiar with what is called the Hazel Stadium tragedy or disaster of 1985. And basically, um, way too many people got let inside of this football stadium when it was like London versus, uh, I think big game, Argentina, Argentina or Belgium or something like that. And, uh, a disaster happened and, um, it was overcrowding. There was pushing, there was shoving, people got trampled to death, and the end result of it was 
them finally being able to get this gate open and once they did just all this humanity spilled out onto the field and uh, this film has never before seen footage of people being triaged on on the middle of a soccer field oh 30 Uh, for 30 is feature length yeah, they're all feature length. Oh, I thought it was half hour. No, these are not half hours or hour longs. But Hills what does thirty Bo- for thirty mean? All okay, thirty filmmakers, thirtieth anniversary of ESPN. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm sure that makes that, sense that when, was, when you watch setup. the commercials on ESPN for it. Yeah, but Hillsboro. <laughs> Just looking at the title, I'm like, I don't get what that means. I could give a shit about football or soccer as we call it. I don't give a fuck. But as a story and a level of just, just story well tragedy, told. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm familiar with the incident. Yeah, you know? that many of the it has interviews with many of the police officers who were refusing to basically open the gates. Because uh, because there's elements of class here too. These were essentially like the bleachers. It's of like the Titanic, seats. except yeah, you know. it, 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 that's a really good comparison. Uh, and so many of these police officers are speaking for the first time about this issue. I would say just uh, you could peruse the entire thirty for thirty catalog. There's some really good ones in there. The um, the Brian and the Boz one, which is about Brian Bosworth and what a massive dick he was. Uh, but the other one I'm really going to call out, which made me tear up uh, quite a bit, Hawaiian, the story of Eddie Aikau. Um, if you are from Hawaii or if you've ever lived in the island, you have seen bumper stickers called Eddie Would Go. And the reason why is because it's about Eddie Aikau, who is one of the most famous Hawaiian surfers of the 70s, uh, who was also the only lifeguard at Waimea Bay. Waimea Bay, <laughs> I used to body surf it, and I'm somehow alive. Uh, Waimea Bay is one of the most challenging uh, surf beaches in the world. Because it can go from five foot, six foot breakers to 40 foot breakers really quickly. Really? Oh, yeah. And close to shore. Like, really? I didn't it's know It's this that wall of water and just drops down. My wife almost... It's like a Looney Tunes wave. It is. I mean, you've never... You've never... It's kind of unreal unless you see it. But Eddie Aikau was a national treasure of Hawaii. And I say national because the Hawaiian people as a culture and on its own. Um, the movie is very melancholy in terms of how it talks about, you know... Yeah, I mean, our country got bought and sold without any of us having a say in it and we're suddenly americans and we're just trying to make do with the best of it and the americans come in turn all of waikiki into um into you know tourist land they shove us up north to the northern shore they they basically pushed us aside and uh, and they started these surfing clubs and surfing competitions with no actual hawaiians in it even though surfing as a art is inherent to our culture dating back thousands of years um, and as a result, it's just very sad. And it interviews all of Eddie's family and just in how he was like this, what they call in Hawaii, a waterman, just someone who, whether it's boating, surfing, swimming, fishing, they're just in tune with the water. They know and can read the waves. Eddie was the guy. And as a result of this, there was this cultural club that started like, Hey, we're going to sail boats in the traditional Polynesian way. And we're going to try to make these mass trips. And Eddie famously, died when the boat was taken on water and he swam out to rescue people and he never came back and Eddie's somewhere out there to this day and uh, whenever you the, the saying is is like if you see a wave it's like fuck that's way too big for me but Eddie would go oh, I see <laughs> and uh, it's it's just really it's beautifully it's beautiful cinematography has a feeling similar to like Dogtown and Z-Boys in the terms of like we were doing this and no one was paying attention and it was amazing and it spawned a whole culture uh, but man it's uh, both of those films very good you don't have to be into surfing or soccer 
I'm certainly not into soccer, and uh, it, it's really good. It's really something. There's, actually, we're looking at that Netflix screen right there. Just uh, apropos of nothing, I just last night I started nice. watching Whitey, which is uh, I saw there. that, and, and it's by the the Berlinger. It's by it's the, by it's by Joe it's by Joe Berlinger uh, the, the, without um, Bruce Sanofsky, who is the uh, who is the other half of the um, uh, the Paradise Lost documentary. Yeah, that's why that's why I checked oh, it out. So yeah, yeah it's just sort of a fascinating. I've only got like forty five minutes into it so far. Cause it's of, solid. It's um, yeah. Again, it's, it's, just, it's one of those. It looked like the topic is just like wow, really? Yeah, you know, just, it's procedural. It's, yeah, if you've topic. ever if you're unfamiliar with Whitey Bulger go see the departed and jack nicholson's yeah. character is that's what i was struck whitey by. bulger yeah, yeah basically yeah this is the real life version of what jack nicholson yeah. played in the departed. and it's it's not that different and it's all. insane too yeah, yeah. it's like holy shit these guys ah she died funny you know just like wow um, and then up until just a few years ago he was living in an apartment just about 20 minutes from here yeah so there you go here in, in southern california yeah uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Actually, <laughs> uh, well, okay. A movie. It's uh, we haven't. Uh, none of us have have mentioned it yet in this episode or the previous episode. Um, but uh, are we all agreed that uh, folks should see that Birdman? Ah, uh, yeah. Yes. Birdman was. I like Birdman. I a like lot. Birdman a lot. Yeah. I really. And I was just. It. I was so enamored with their choice to sc- how they scored it, just like roving like Congo percussion, just for the entire movie, and. Yeah, I, I have a I have a buddy that worked on Gone Girl and uh, and Birdman <laughs> within the same like job. It was a weird job, and uh, yeah, I, I would watch Michael Keaton read the same word over and over yeah. again. Not even the phone book. Yeah. Like if you just if hand him, I want Michael Keaton to have a renaissance like Matthew McConaughey. I, I want yeah. Michael Keaton to come back. He's come due. back, Michael. We need it's you, time. Michael. The Keatonaissance. It's yeah, the Keatonaissance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, T, I believe it is your turn. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Let's see. I'm pulling up all these. Uh, Tim's Vermeer. Let's do Tim's yeah, Vermeer. Yeah, I love Tim's Vermeer. Oh, yeah. Tim's Vermeer is great. And I think you've probably heard us talk about it on the show you, before. You but... guys turned me onto it, and I watched it, and I thought it was fascinating. I think, yeah, I think yeah. we actually talked. I think I may have talked about it last year because it was, it was shortlisted it last is, year. It actually is from last year. Yeah, technically. Uh, but it's but it's but it, it finally released got released. It January 31st, 2014. Well, it got released this year, but it's uh, but it was eligible for short yeah. for a doc It's, a, last it's the sort year. of thing where you should seek this out. I don't know if, I don't think it's on Netflix, but find it. It's out there. You can get it. Tim's Vermeer. V-E-R-M-E-E-R. And it's just about this guy, Tim, who, among other things, invented like fucking video toaster and Lightwave and all that stuff. He's a new tech guy. But also just he's a genius, hands-on, technical guy who likes to figure out how to make like a skateboard out of a fan, <laughs> like, like like a little hoverboard shit. He's just this technical dude. He likes to tinker. And he comes up with this concept for replicating an image in front of him that you could do it just optically. You wouldn't actually have to do it with any particular artistic skill. It would just be a copying the color in front of you process by which ultimately, he, he supposes, you could actually create something as complex and as beautiful as a Vermeer painting, uh, which he's, you've seen those paintings before. If you don't know the name, you've seen those paintings. And he goes out to test it out. He's like, I'm going to build a rig. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to see if I can actually paint myself a goddamn Vermeer. And he sits down and tries to do it and it's just the process of watching him try to get through this entire thing and how he reasons and the process of figuring it out and demonstrating the, the concept and it's just the most like adorably dorky fucking technically interesting fascinating insighty sort of random documentary I've ever seen in my life and I'm so Pendulet. glad I saw it you got some Pendulette love in that one yeah yeah it was directed by I, th- I think it was directed by Teller and narrated some no it was just Penn and Teller made it Teller directed it uh, but it's wonderful and uh, find it. It's just a wonderful little documentary. It's the most watchable thing. 
I mean, it's just great. If you like watching Santa Claus paint a painting. Yeah, I really, I really liked it. I, it had really interesting sort of forensic slash. I just want to hang out with Tim after that. Yeah. Just like, oh, I like that. It's guy. a, it's a nice little intersection of the Venn diagram where art and science kind of meet. Yeah. You know, yeah, where yeah, it's sure. like, and they kind of overlap into one another. Yeah, it was definitely worth your time. Yeah, man, I had a good time with Tim's Vermeer a lot. Um, I, I'm gonna say this actually. It's, it's. I don't know how easy it's gonna be to see it, but fucking see it. Um, because I'm actually close to it. Uh, and I'll bring up uh, Teague just cycled through force majeure. I'm going to recommend the shit out of that one in a little bit, but, um, there's a, it's a little indie. I'm, you might be able to find it. And if you can't find it now, you should be able to find it soon. It's called cold water. Uh, not to be confused with Rosewater. N- not to be confused mm-hmm. with Rosewater. So about... Wait, is this about Coldwater Canyon? Nope. So about 14 years ago... There's a documentary about that. I was a contestant in the very first Project Greenlight. I had a scripting competition. And a really funny thing started happening at the dawn of this um, because the internet had just started to become a thing and part of the... Part of the uh, auspices of Project Greenlight is that you had to go online and rate other scripts if you were a contestant as well. And out of this, all these little pocket communities started forming up. Um, New York, a bunch of Greenlight contestants in New York founded Agony, Area Greenlighters New York. And out here in Los Angeles, we were and I was a founding member of FLAG, uh, the, um, uh, the foundation of Los Angeles Greenlighters. And we made friendships and formed bonds that are still there to this day. I ended up dating a girl for three years that I met through flag. Um, people that I, I still work with, uh, to this day are project Greenlight contestants from that original, um, thing. And we've all kind of loved and supported each other. One of the guys who ended up making it to the top 10 was this guy, Vincent Grishaw with his script called cold water. Um, he ended up, they, he almost, he had financing, uh, for a while. Ron Perlman was attached, uh, to star in it. And it's been up and down and up and down. Vincent ended up later on becoming part of a collective and I'm going to forget the name of it right now, but part of the collective that created a movie a few years ago called, um, uh, Oh my God, what's wrong with bellflower? Uh, so if you're familiar with the film bellflower, he was in the film and he was also a producer on the film that his buddy directed bellflower. Holy shit. It's such a good fucking movie. And I, it was one of my favorite movies of that year. Whoa, look at this. Two friends spend all their free time building flamethrowers and weapons of mass destruction <laughs> in hopes that a global apocalypse will occur and clear the runway for their imaginary gang, Mother Medusa. That <laughs> sold. Let's that go. is wow. one day. Okay. I want to watch the kids make flamethrowers. That, all is, right. that is absolutely true. And the thing is, the director of that is a real Evan Glodell is a real life tinkerer. All the shit they build in the film, he built. So the the old 1980s sedan that dispenses whiskey as you drive, he built that. <laughs> the the Medusa, which is a muscle car Mad Max inspired thing that has flamethrowers and cameras, they actually fucking built that. The flamethrower they built in the beginning, he actually built that. But that movie, the description you read of, of Bellflower is true, but it's also about a relationship gone bad. And it's fucking... With flamethrowers? With flamethrowers and yes. the apocalypse and, all, and, and, and Lord Humongous, who they reference constantly. Uh-huh. I hope so. So that became an indie darling. That got released. Uh, that played Sundance. It made a lot of top 10 lists that year. And because of that, they approached Vincent and they said, what would you like to do? He's like, well, I want to direct. And he's like, do you have any scripts? He's like, funny, you should ask. <laughs> and so him and another Greenlighter, a uh, guy I'm still friends with on Facebook, Mark Penny, uh, they did a, a pass at the draft and they made cold water, which is about one of those juvenile reform camps where they it's like a boot camp and how shitty they are and how like it's it's about one of those gone bad. And it's it's an immense little film. Um, it's a cast of unknowns and I highly recommend it. I, I recommend this film every chance I get. I read the script 14 years ago 
And there have been revisions and redrafts and there have been some changes, but the spirit of that first script is still present in this film. But yeah, it came out, it got released intermittently this year. Uh, I think there was some sort of home. I, I, I look it up. I don't know for certain, but if you get a chance, go see cold water. So, wow. And I believe Trey's turn is up. Now. <laughs> well, well, keep talking. Cause I'm trying to think. Uh, Doc sub just asked, have I seen citizen four yet? Yes, we, oh, yeah, uh, we, we did our shortlist episode, right? prior to recording this and uh i i sing the praises of citizen four i technically should not have been able to see it but i you know uh it leaked i got the hookups <laughs> Holly, if you hear me your name's on the list yeah. now um wasn't there one movie recently that did its distribution via BitTorrent? Like they yeah. endorse it through BitTorrent? It was um, the Pirate Bay movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AFK. Not AFK, yeah. And so they're like, sense. yeah, fuck it. was released it via BitTorrent. Um, I think you're going to see more of that, actually. I think there's a way to monetize that. But a friend of mine has been advocating that for 10 years, saying that there is, if you can do it. monetize BitTorrent is, is the way of the future. Well, but um, my favorite is... Uh, it's just waiting for him to tell me how that actually happens. My favorite, there's an online video, if you ever get a chance to see it, of Trent Reznor doing a tour with Nine Inch Nails and they were in Australia. And Australia had a, a period of time where they were just jacking the prices of CDs up. And he's I like... the clip you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and he's like... And he's like, and they just finished a song and he's like, so many familiar faces. And he's like, hey, are CD prices really outrageous here still? And the entire audience... Ah! Yeah, it's like, like, are you still paying 26 bucks for a CD here? He's like, okay, well, you know what that means. Steal, Steal it. it. Steal it, steal it, steal 10, give them to your friends, have them steal it, steal it until you are blue in the face, because that's the only way these motherfuckers are going to learn to not do, and it's just the balls on Trent Reznor. Uh, pretty much. Spoken like a true revolutionary who's already made his money. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so exactly. That's, that's fine. Um, I will say this, uh, and I, I'm going, I'm swimming against the uh, upstream here, um, is I... As much as I enjoyed the first one uh, and had no reason to, I just was like, oh, that was a, an entertaining movie that I found interesting. Um, I I tried to watch the uh, this year's, and I guess we're about to get a third one or whatever, but uh, I could not get through Mockingjay. I got about like 20 minutes into Mockingjay, and I was like, yeah, I don't care. I dug it. Um, it was fine. I just stopped watching it, even with Philip Seymour Hoffman on the screen. I was just like, I just, I don't... That's my new thing. I, I, it's, it's very rare. I've never walked out of a movie in a theater because I just uh, that's never happened. But more and more, my thing is like I get halfway through a movie and I go, "Do I care what happens from here on? I don't care what oh, happens." Oh, I'm still alive. Yeah, I can stop this. I'm right still now. alive. I could go do something else right now. Um, and Mockingjay was just one that I was just like, "Is that the one that just came out?" No, it's, no, the, uh, it's Catching the, Fire, the, the previous one. Yeah, yeah. the the second. No, one. no, Mockingjay just came out. Catching Fire is the one you're thinking of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, that's that can't be right. Yeah. No, because Mockingjay Part One just came out now. Okay, and it's already made two hundred fifty million dollars. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it was a big opening last. Okay, weekend. so that just happened. Catching Fire is one that's Catching on Fire Netflix is the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. So yeah. So I needless to say, I haven't seen Mockingjay either. But Catching Fire no. came out on video early this year, and I was like, yeah. I was just I, so I didn't know anything about the plot of Catching Fire. Did you get into it far enough to find out that there's a second Hunger Games? <laughs> well, that's yeah. I don't think I got that far. <laughs> it's just, it's like, oh, there's going to be another Hunger Games. And then, like, boom, you're back into the first movie again. Yeah, to talk about, you know, like, okay, and so who cares? You know, if that's fine. You know, I've like, actually read the book. Build the Death Star again. What a genius idea. But the, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, again, the first the first Hunger Games, I was like, wow, what a fascinating concept. I sure hope they don't just run that into the, oh, God, here we go. So um, I don't know. But you tell me. You guys made it through the next, the, through Catching Fire? Uh, uh, yeah. I, I thought or, it was fine. I, I, thought like, it, I liked it. I, right. I thought it was fine. I thought it was uh, perfectly functional. It's like, the way I look at it, it's like, do I want, uh, you know, I have, uh, yeah, I have friends who have daughters in the twelve to thirteen age range, and they're going to go see a movie with a woman in it or with a teenage girl in it, and it's like, 
you can do a lot worse. You can do well, a lot well, that's, worse. You know, as, you far know? As, as far as like, you know, yeah, if it's, and, if it's, and look, if it's full of cod liver oil and, that, and, I'm, and good I'm, for young girls, that's fine. I'm not yeah, arguing that. I'm, I'm grading on a curve. I can't help but view things through a lens of that these days. I just, I just, I have to, that's just how my mind works these days. And so I'm, that's always going to be present in my mind now is how a lot of the shit affects the, yeah. the younglings. Uh, so. I was just, I was surprised that, you know, despite my probably not altogether healthy, like for Jennifer Lawrence, even yeah. I just, you know, just, I just, I was like, hey. did you ever see Winter's Bone? I still need to see that. That the, the, I mean, you can see there's a direct line. You see that, and like, oh, of course they cast her in Hunger Games. Like, there's yeah. just a direct through line. Uh, Tiger fur. There was a Muppet movie this year. Yeah, yeah. and it did not I do well. I have not seen it. Muppets it Most Wanted. Well. Shit. Nope. Did not. Do did that I see well. that? Is that the one? Yes. Yeah, I think I saw that. You get to the point where you can see a Muppet movie and forget it happened. Where I think I saw a, that. It's movie. a crime. It's a crime caper. Yeah. Sounds yes, like I it. did see this movie. And <laughs> oh wow. my god. Ouch. And. Uh, something, something Russian prison, something, something Tiberell mustache. Ricky Gervais. Blah, blah, blah. A little bit of breaking news here really quick, just because I know people are bringing up Citizen Four in chat. Just, uh, in the last hour, IDA, International Documentary Association, gave top prize to Citizen Four. You're going to see, and like I said in that episode, you're going to see a lot of the, the intrinsic, or like the, a lot of the, the, the smaller, like in communities of that. You're going to see that, you're going to see Citizen Four win a lot of those. It's going to be. Season four and the overnighters that win all those top prizes and like LA Film Critics Association and and all this other shit. Uh, actually, I'll go ahead and I'll just go ahead and drop uh, mine now. No, um, no, 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 no. Oh, go ahead. My you, turn. Oh, so <laughs> Zach, Zach, Zach Braff got himself a just oh, big old right, bucket of shit, right? Um, because he apparently Zach Braff is the only person on earth who I'm aware of that the internet simultaneously fucking hates and also fucking loves. Yeah. Like every like on Reddit. He's simultaneously like, hey, yeah, I like that guy. He's cool. He always comes and hangs out. And also, fuck that guy. Like, I don't know how it happened. But his movie, Wish I Was Here, came out. And it was a, a, a bit goopy, as I was expecting it to yeah. be. But I liked it quite a bit. I had a good time with that movie. Uh, I would have, if, if Zach Braff, if some other guy made it, I don't think it would have had anywhere near the reaction it got. And I don't know exactly what Zach Braff ever did to us. But <laughs> I liked his movie. So way to go, Zach. I liked it. There you go. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but it was, I saw the trailer and it didn't look bad. Uh, you know, like I, I have a the, the, um, Mandy Patinkin plays his dad. He's dying, and Zach Braff and his brother have to course. come, like talk to each other again. And, of course, you know, midlife crisis shit. Sure. Uh, no, I just you know, I mean, the the specter of um, uh, Garden State looms heavy. I think over the internet. And, what people? I my it's, wife it's, loves it's, that movie. It's twee as fuck. I, I mean, yes, it's twee as fuck. It. But you hate it. I, I I just I the parts there are parts that work help really me understand well. help me understand the hatred for Garden State I I, I can't imagine uh, anyone working up enough to hate Garden State I just I to me <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like hating a stuffed animal there's like to me there's there's unconnected emotional payoffs in that movie that like just it's like okay it's about your you know trying to carve out your own identity under the specter of this guilt of killing your mother and also the the guilt or injuring your mother and the guilt of you know, uh, not having a relationship with your father, and there's this weird chick you meet uh, that you see bits of yourself in, and you fall in love with her, and, and you've got the Hollywood ending right there happening, and you've got the, like, the, to me, it's like, I'm, and it's like, I know it wasn't written for trailer moments, but it's like, to me, it is a script worked backwards from, they're gonna wear garbage bags and scream into a canyon, and then hug, <laughs> and then, like, I just, like, I, like, I don't, I, I don't, like, I, I think that's the big emotional payout. What fucking planet does this take place on? For me, it's established that this right. is on Omicron 4, and I'm with you. For me, but it's this the is movie, not how humans behave. And for me, it's the movie where the, the phrase Manic Pixie Dream Girl was set in stone. Oh, right? Yes, sure. that's absolutely. What, you know, that's blah, the blue, blah, blue, blah. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. No one else has ever made a sound like that. And 
like if you've ever yeah. actually dated someone with anxiety or fucking or 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 stress issues, it's not whimsical. Yeah, it's fucking it's work. If you love someone who who struggles like that, it's not it's not fucking. You don't get to listen to the shins whenever you want. <laughs> like it's not. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Anyway, I I. You know, Garden State was not you know trying to speak to my generation or anything like that. I I thought I admired Garden State for what it was. Um, you know, I was like, oh, okay, that was you know, you know, entertaining and diver- diversion. It wasn't you know the ultimate movie of all time. Um, and I didn't make a point of seeing Wish I Was Here, but I didn't avoid it either. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like I was like, okay. Um, there are a few moments in which, well, that's Eddie would. You didn't see that movie, did you? Wish I, wish I no, were here. No. no, you would you would have the exact same props with that movie. I I probably I feel yeah. Funny wit. <laughs> I funny wigs. it would be the same thing. I I just feel bad about. <laughs> I've never they, seen you this dismissive. They wear wigs. They wear wigs in slow motion. They wear it's wigs like in slow it's, motion. Yeah, it's, it's they, they ride scooters around big empty rooms. <laughs> I uh, a fishbowl. Yeah. <laughs> I I felt uh, for me you know I wish wish I was here was more notable for the ridiculous ginned up controversy that uh, you know, that came around it yeah um yeah. and again that's yeah, all yeah. other topic of itself is like how come everyone hates Zach Braff but loves Veronica Mars for the same I, doing the same I, here's thing. the thing I like uh, the I like the TV show just fine because it was it's high school it's how high school it's like Buffy that's how high school and young college students behave if you're 27 acting this way there is a throat punch in your future coming from me like grow the fuck up like <laughs> I mean in terms of the Kickstarter reaction like oh, yeah, why yeah. don't everyone hate Veronica Mars was just a thinly disguised Warner Brothers plot yeah you know, and yeah. Zach Braff legitimately was financing his movie himself, totally. and yet we love Veronica Mars and we hate Zach Braff. That's a whole topic in and of itself that I think we may have already it, it, done. For they're, that they're they're funding they're funding their own nostalgia is what it is. Yeah, so you know what I mean, like the the number of people nostalgic for Garden State is not as n- numerous as the number of people nostalgic for for uh, for. for I, I guarantee. Anyway, you I, yeah, go ahead. It just got me thinking. Like it's, it's all I of nothing, but it just got me thinking. Like right now, I wanted to like go back and document like. Week by week by week, all the shit that the internet got its panties in a bunch about for the last like 365 days. Give me it. Like, like, remember when on Game of Thrones, the president's head was on a spike? Remember? That was so important. Oh, wow. I forgot. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. there's, there's shit like that every week. Every week. So, like, for one, for, for one whole week, almost a full month, we were all like pissed at Zach Braff for unfocused reasons that we didn't really fully understand. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just. It's, that's a whole apropos of nothing, but I mean, it's like, again, fight the good fight, Zach Braff. Make the movies about, you know, yelling into the infinite abyss if you want to. That's fine. God love you. Um, I got I got no hatred for you at all. Nothing but love. Uh, and I just, I, but I'm not interested in seeing your movie, but that's, that's you know, that's your business. Eddie? I had something, and then I forgot it. Oh. Because life is bad. Oh, no. Cued you up. You did, and fuck in hell. Oh, Foxcatcher. I'll talk about Foxcatcher. Yeah, there we go. That's what it was. Uh, go run, don't walk. Um, but then again, you may want to walk. I don't know. Uh, it's <laughs> I, not going to be for everybody. I'm just going to say two that two hours now. and fifteen. It's longer than I thought it was. It's it's a, and it's a slow moving. Uh, two hours fifteen. You're going to be like, if you're not familiar with, if you're not, <laughs> that sounds like a, the worst kind of recommendation. Yeah, it's two hours and fifteen minutes, but it's but it slow. Moves, but it moves really slow. Okay, let me rephrase. <laughs> it it's it's uh it it's there is always from frame one there is a foreboding sense of creepiness. And something's not right. Foreboder. Um, it's an interesting story. If you're not familiar with the story of John Dupont and the and the Schultz brothers, firstly, the Schultz brothers, American wrestling demigods, uh, both Olympic medalists, both world champions, several years. Uh, Dave Schultz, uh, one of the best wrestling coaches of all time. 
uh, cannot be understated. That said, American wrestling has always had mixed results against like the Soviets and uh, and and some other you know, larger nations that we've struggled with. Uh, but this movie tells a true story, true-ish. There's, it, it fudges some timelines and compresses some timelines down. They're watching the Ultimate Fighting Championship in, 19, in 1987, and sorry, bro, that's not how it works. Um, <laughs> but there's a, basically John DuPont, uh, heir of the DuPont uh, dynasty, famous for waking uh, bullets and chemicals that helped kill my dad. So there's that. Um, John DuPont was bored. Uh, yeah, the DuPonts invented Agent Orange. So oh, I didn't go. know that. Uh, th- yeah, because they created uh, chemicals. Um, but yeah, the DuPonts, um, the DuPonts, John DuPont was just bored and he was an ornitholo- ornithologist. So he was a bird watcher for a living and he didn't really have a job. And this he's movie, just the less cool Howard Hughes. Yeah, he's just like, well, I'm into I'm into that and I'm into uh, pentathlon and wrestling, even though I have no skill in myself. He created what was famously known to me even growing up in high school as Foxcatcher Farms, where if you were an Olympic athlete in either wrestling or the pentathlon, you could go there and live and he'd finance you and train you. And he brought up, you know, a lot of uh, Kurt Angle, uh, American gold medalist in 96, came up through Foxcatcher Farm system. A lot of Olympians came up through Foxcatcher. But this movie kind of starts the genesis of it when he brings in Dave Schultz, the younger brother of the more successful wrestler, Mark Schultz. And this movie is basically about... How you know it's about privilege and how it intersects with you know what how it just destroys your moral center and it's also the story of a guy who just wants approval he just wants approval uh, from people who he loves and respects and Channing Tatum Steve Carell's going to get a lot of the big hype from this movie but Channing Tatum does some really amazing work in here um, is it a good movie. Yeah, it's a very good movie. The performances are great. If you're not familiar with the story of John DuPont and the Schultz brothers in real life, you're going to be like, when the ending finally comes, you're going to be like, whoa, where did, what? Like, but if you are familiar with how the story ends, you'll see sort of how it builds up. Um, Directed by Bennett Miller, who did Moneyball and Capote. Uh, So yeah, he's really, really good at his game. The, it's a very muted color palette. It's snowy you know the 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 farms of western pennsylvania sure but um yeah really great work there's one sequence in particular um and again if you're familiar with you know american wrestling history at the 1988 uh, olympic trials mark uh goes up against rico chipperelli who i have had the honor of getting choked almost unconscious by uh <laughs> And and loses that qualifying well, you match. Be lucky you didn't die because if you did, Chuck Liddell. Actually, I was actually not to name drop, but uh, when I was filming uh, a documentary, I had a really great conversation with Chuck Liddell because Chuck Liddell was a collegiate wrestler and he wrestled Rico Chipperelli, and it was his first time transitioning to freestyle from the usual folk style. And so there's some minor rule changes. So in the first second, Chuck shoots a double leg and actually takes down Rico Chipperelli. He's like, "Yeah, I got two points." And then Rico Chipperelli does a technique called a cheap tilt, which is basically if the guy who takes you down, if you can un- upend his balance a little bit, you can get a quick point. So Chuck takes him down. Rico Chipperelli cheap tilts him to death. Chuck doesn't really know what's happening. He looks over at the scoreboard. He sees Chuck Liddell 2, Rico Chipperelli 18. <laughs> so he's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so anyway, there's a scene where Mark Schultz loses to Rico Chipperelli and then orders in room services and gorges himself on fried chicken and cake because he just doesn't fucking care and he's got to make weight the next day and there's a scene where mark ruffalo's character his older brother uh dave schultz comes in and the look on his face uh and that whole sequence that follows the weight cutting scene immediately after that is one of my favorite scenes in in any film this year it's uh, it sounds like this movie was made for you 
It really was. I mean, it's low hanging fruit for me because I know the history. I know the sport. Um, and there is a, yeah, you know, like there's the dynamic between the brothers is really, really good. Uh, you know, they go up to each other and, and Marshall or Dave Schultz is so nurturing. He's like, Hey buddy, how you doing? He's so soft spoken. And then he proceeds to just stretch him through these quarter Nelsons and then they train together. And it's just a really intimate look at like loving someone, but kind of hating them at the same time and being envious and resentful. And if you've ever had older brothers, you could probably relate to a little bit. Uh, but I would recommend it. I would say go see it. I, there's so many movies that came out where it's like I don't even know what that is yet it made a bunch of money oh Annabelle yeah that's looking at that. I don't even remember and then that there's movie movies happening. that then there's movies that would seem like a big deal and made no money whatsoever I'm looking at the well below the bottom one the top 100 for the year not even on the top 100 is the Sin City sequel <laughs> oh, I forgot about that that yeah. movie yeah I mean talk about a franchise that just went south yeah uh, for the everybody Sin City involved. sequel didn't made uh, let's see it's on this freaking list it's crazy Thirteen million. Thirteen million dollars. It's on three thousand screens. Whoa, that sucks. I'm I'm you know, look that's like that's like two opening weekends of one person a movie. Frank one person a screen. Frank Miller will go down in history as one of the great all time great comic book artists and writers of all time, well deserved. That said, dude, grow the fuck up. Like it's it's two thousand fourteen. Um just grow the fuck up. Just no more women in fridges. Just fucking just Grow the fuck yeah, up, really. you know. And the Veronica Mars movie was a very limited release, so it didn't make a lot of money back. But it really wasn't. It made know, its money it back, was, and it, it made its back. Yeah. It, it, it's it didn't. Well, first of all, it didn't need to make its money back because it was paid for yeah. before it was made. That's the whole point of the Kickstarter. But the um, you know, it's the theatrical was not the point of the Veronica Mars. It was the the, the video release anyway. So so that's it like, was a victory lap for people who love the show. Yeah, it's like exactly. you got. It's like hey, Firefly fans got to make Serenity. You got to you got your Veronica Mars movie. Great job. Yeah. Did you, any of you guys see Rosewater yet? I'm assuming that I didn't know it was available to be seen. Yeah, apparently it came out a couple of Like weeks limited ago. release, I think. So. I've heard that it's a good, by the numbers, that movie. So, like, high five, John. You know, that's but that's just what I've, I haven't seen it. I saw The Fault in Our Stars. I thought The Fault in Our Stars was great. How how was that? I know what happened. That's a movie that, that huge box office and then just disappeared the next week. It's yeah. Like, yeah. like, there's an audience. Well, everyone who was going to see it saw it. There was an audience for it, and yeah. they saw it, and that was it. Yeah, it, was it, was, yeah. it wasn't really a sleeper, but uh, no, it's it was great. I thought they did a really good job with it. They just immediately turned around and signed up to do another one of John's books. Now they're going to do Paper Towns. I like Shailene Woodley. I saw Diver- I like her too. I, I do, know I her do. before I like this. Her. I, I well, she was in uh, before this. She was in um, uh, the George Clooney Hawaii movie. Yeah, oh, she got she was Descendants. She was Descendants. Descendants. Yeah. She was Oscar great nominated enough. for that. Um, I liked her. This. I like this movie, and she's in Divergent, which I I fucking saw. Which well, you know, you gotta get, get, get establish your cred. You, you know, you do this movie for your cred. You do Divergent to get two million dollars, and now you just and what is she? She was in some or she's coming up in something recently. I know she has very interesting views on healthcare. So, <laughs> oh boy. for you, uh, she get, well, you know, she brushes her teeth with oil because you know uh, enamel is, is is not water soluble; it's oil soluble. Okay, so there you go. Um, right. well, she, she's one to watch in the future for the inevitable meltdown. <laughs> I saw Most Wanted Man. The How was that? Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. I don't remember very well, to be honest Anton with you. Anton Corbin. Holy hell. He yeah, yeah. That. I, didn't, I don't remember very well, to be honest with you, but it was, uh, I recall, at, at, in, in the moments watching the movie, thinking that I was enjoying it, but I can't really recall much about it, to be completely honest. Uh, I also saw Calvary, which is Brendan Gleeson. Is a, now, how was that? How was people that? People like that. Um, it's, it was odd. I didn't really know what to expect. Um. J- well, the better way of putting it is I expected the wrong thing. Uh, it was more kind of goofy and episodic than I was expecting it to be. I thought it was going to be 
what that poster looks like. Exactly what that poster looks like. Just Brendan Gleeson looking kind of bitter and the rain is blowing on him and he's just sort of like priest. It's just but just I mean, everything's Irish. Yeah. But okay. um it's just it's just so Irish. But it's very good. And I mean Brendan Gleeson's one of those guys who I just love him. Uh and I, I loose recommendation if you're into that shit. Is how, is how I kind of framed that one. It's not one of the ones that I care about that much. Eddie, did you see Force Majeure? I did. I, I didn't know anything it. about this, but Paulie was t- talking about this the, I the other week. I saw it. Yeah, he he finally saw it, and so I'm like, God damn, I got to hunt this what out is now. it? This uh, is the one where the where the family goes out to a resort, and they're looking at an avalanche over there. Oh my God, look, an avalanche. And then it becomes apparent that it looks like it's about to kill everyone, and the oh, dad yes, grabs yes, his yes. phone. The dad grabs his phone and runs I think it was and leaves his family. One of you told me about this movie. And then, yeah, it was Paul. And, and, it, then, and then like yes. they don't all die, and it's like, so what the fuck was that about? Yeah, yeah. and the entire movie, the, what you described is That's like the right. first 10 minutes and the yeah. entire, the rest of the movie is just dealing with, it's like, hey, dad would have left us. and like the, and the thing is the dad is not a scumbag. Like he loves his kids. He loves his wife. It's just, he was tested <laughs> and he was measured and weighed and found wanting and he's, and now he has to do that. It examines this whole measured idea and of and masculinity. Found wanting? That's it's a, it's a pretty turn of phrase. It's an old. It's not. It's not original. It's archaic turn of phrase. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a it's uh, pretty. I like it. Knight's Tale. Uh, yeah. oh. But uh, that's not where I heard it. But that's it's in Knight's Tale. Dad, it's dad like, gets four feathers. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's four feather four feather dad edition. Uh, four feathers majeure. But you saw it. I saw it. Um, I don't. Up? I don't. Yeah, it's good. I don't want to say too much about it. It's. Uh, yeah, I don't want to know more. It's, than, a, it's a great. Is, I remember, that I remember setup. Paul Lou told us about it. Was like, that's it's, awesome. That's a good. The rest setup. of the movie is it's just, like, and it's not like it doesn't go the obvious ways. It doesn't take obvious choices. It's, it's very realistic choices of just like the wife. You know, it creates like a, a simmering tension. It's not. It doesn't become a big thing. It's not like they have this massive fight immediately. Where it's like it's it just it. It, it plants the seed of the conflict and the rifts that grow. And just not only that, but like the guy realizing, hey, I might be a piece of shit. Oh. And it's easy to be a good dad when you're just having fun swinging your kids around. And that's the easy part of being a parent and a, and a, and a partner. Like what when the rubber meets the road, like how am I how am I going to live with myself? You know, it's it's it raises a lot of questions. So. I keep scrolling around on this list and I keep seeing Forrest Gump and Ghostbusters like Kurt oh. Cameron saving Christmas. Run, don't walk. Yeah, no, that's no, no. that that's that's the outrage du jour. Uh, yeah, is uh, now has a zero percent on IMDb. Yeah, thanks to thanks to Reddit, which is of course where all awful things come from. Yeah, but, no, that's uh, HN. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so but uh, it's it's like yes, it's like yes, it was already not a very good film. But yes, the conservative douchebags have every right to go. And then Reddit made a campaign of let's, you know, vote it down. Right. You know, it's like, yes, that's also not good. That doesn't mean Kirk Cameron is now an awesome person. and right. His movie's not good. <laughs> but yeah, it's bullshit to like, let's vote it down because you know, we didn't what we didn't pee on anything today. <laughs> Zoe Quinn didn't post anything. So what can we pee on? I think we're. I'm, I think I'm. I think I'm cashed out. To be honest with you, I'm looking at this list here. Going, this is a quite, actually. I've I've come away with quite a list of like I got to update my Netflix queue, mostly with these documentaries that I definitely oh, yeah. want to see. Uh, yeah, I'm not. But huh. yeah, you can't make me watch. Uh, make me watch that. Uh, so I guess that's that. Those hotel are the, thing. Those are the movies that uh, we took away from this year. Going, ah, you know what? That one. That one was pretty good. You guys all good? You got anything left over? Not anything jumping out at my face, no. I yeah. I guess. Oh, and, and like I, I liked Interstellar, but that's a yeah. Good Interstellar is perfectly good. If you haven't seen it, then by all means see it. But uh, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll say it. It's not a great movie, but you're gonna be seeing a lot more of him 
and because he just got cast in Black Panther. But go see um, Get On Up, the James Brown biopic. I just I just got that one as a, I just got that screener, it's, and it's, I was like, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what is this? It's one? a James Brown biopic starring Chadwick Boseman. And I remembered that who it's, was Jackie Robinson in Forty Two. Yeah, uh, I, saw, and, I saw Dan Aykroyd was in. Is that it. I was guy like, oh, playing? This is the, yeah, this is the James Dan Brown. Aykroyd's great in it. Actually, he's really yeah, good. He's really he's, good. he's he's at no point are do you think you're seeing anything other than Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. But he works in that film. The, so it makes really bizarre choices in terms of like. Oh, James Brown is now breaking the fourth wall and talking directly to us. Uh, and there's random flashbacks and there's jump forwards. Uh, Craig Robinson from The Office is, is in it and he's pretty good. Um, and sh- uh, who Jill Scott plays one of his wives at one point. Like there's there's a lot of interesting choices, but at no point is Chad. Can you take your eyes off Chadwick Boseman? He is. That's cool. He is James Brown at all stages of his life, and you get the whole history, and you get really just the importance of like, wow, he didn't just he changed music business. Like if you've bought a concert ticket in the last 50 years, it's because of James Brown. You know what I mean? There's the, it, it's really, well, interesting. I haven't, so ha 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 ha, but no, it's really interesting so how there. he sort of changed the game. Um, and yeah, and I'm really, I mean, black Panther is a great character comic book wise. And the fact that Chadwick Boseman is playing him. And from what I understand in the rumors, I've heard slightly spoilery. We're going to see <laughs> bits of Wakanda in the, in the new Avengers movie. Um, I, that's a character you can do a lot with, and uh, and I'm really I'm just happy Chadwick Boseman is working. I'm glad we don't. I'm glad Denzel doesn't have to be in every movie. <laughs> so well, apparently Chadwick is just taking over every like prominent black man in history, just one yeah, by just one, one yeah. by one. He's gonna do yeah. King next. It's gonna be great. Yep. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I believe that's everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I was just struck by how many of these movies I've never fucking heard of or forgot entirely. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. But yeah, this was an okay year for movies. There was some good stuff this year. Yeah, better than last year. I feel like last year was kind of a big bummer. Uh, but whatever yeah, that was 2014 man yeah and uh, this has been the intermission you can always find more episodes of this and other things like this at friendsinyourhead.com that's go to the you can go to the forum involve yourself with the conversation it's a great big people it's growing it's wonderful just go hang out in the forum it's better than the show um, <laughs> iTunes every single week brand new episode twitter.com slash friendsinyourhead facebook friendsinyourhead and friendsinyourhead at gmail.com buy our shirts give us money we're not asking we're just saying and uh, michaelscottfund.com if you want to throw some shekels at mike uh, Holton Hill Design and Maintain the website and until next time my name is T. Christie Eddie Doty Liam Neeson This has been The Intermission and 2014 Thank you much for listening Good night, good night 2014 Get right the fuck out <laughs> You can fuck right off get for 2014 right I was thinking the other day about how like in about five years we're going to be dealing with 20s and 30s kind of like that, the years are going to be 2020 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Where were you in 21? Ah, uh, you know Like back, we're getting to the point where it's we like We had that in 38 <laughs> Sounds so old oh, school. Oh, the thirties, they were crazy. Yeah. Wherever the future, buddy. Wherever the. <laughs> you, did you see that uh, that piece about that accent, the transatlantic accent, the mid-Atlantic accent? It's been making the rounds. No. Since we, oh, it's a it's a piece that people have been posting to each other. Um, it's one of those sort of YouTube channels. Like, here's fun facts about things, and it's that that is called transatlantic a transatlantic or a mid-atlantic huh. accent because it's not british and it's not american it's literally a showbiz it's a showbiz accent Interesting. in in, in created huh. for 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 movies in you know in, in back in the day um, and so there's sort of a very potential it's very serious about yes it's how you do it and it's the it's, check is in the mail yeah exactly yeah. there's a you know, let me tell you something fun it's, it's i bet my bullets are on it yeah there's a uh, there's a there's a video that everyone's been forwarding to each other this week um, about about that about you know how that sort of literally is a creation right. that accent all right oh, God damn it. Yep. Okay, really <laughs> that's it <laughs> drop the mic three for three friendsinyourhead.com